Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pole Position Podcast. Uh, my name is Jack Price and uh, I will be hosting uh, the podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this now, uh, you will be uh, a new listener, uh, hopefully on all the other platforms that we've now put the podcast on. Um, I have been doing it and putting them on YouTube previously. So the first 20 episodes of the podcast are on YouTube, on the YouTube channel. So if you do want to check them out, um, be, very, be very much obliged for that. Um, we will be now putting them on as many platforms as possible. Um, so this is hopefully why you're listening to this uh, for the first time. Um, we will also be still putting them on YouTube and, and many other videos. So please still check out the YouTube channel for that. Um, but if you have uh, joined us, um, thank you very much for, for joining us for this podcast, episode 21 of the podcast, but it will be episode one as we now start in the, the channel on these other platforms. Um, this episode will be revolving around um, some of the news around the paddock uh, in the last week or so um, surrounding uh, the world of Formula One. Um, and uh, the guest this week is a good friend of mine, Jamie Davis, and he has been a part of the podcast um, before. And uh, we're obviously going to look into some news stories like is Daniel Ricciardo, the possibility of him going to Red Bull next season. You know, uh, Sebastian Vettel's also been in the mix alongside Lewis Hamilton. Both of them are out of contract at the end of this year, whenever the season gets started. And, and that's obviously another talking point as well. Um, so I hope you enjoy the podcast uh, and please um, let us know um, either via the YouTube channel or via any of the social media uh, how much you enjoy it. And, and please give it a follow on these new platforms. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you very much. So, Jamie, in terms of um, a few of the news stories for um, this week, I think like the one main point I want to uh, sort of look at is obviously we want to get the season started um, as fans. Uh, we already talked about in um, last week's podcast about the fact that we'd actually just prefer eight races this year, um, and and having obviously a, a battle would probably be better with just eight races um, to, to sort of battle that out with, but. Charles Leclerc has come out this week and said he would be open to start the season as soon as possible, even if that was having um, fanless races. I mean, just in in your opinion, what would you know? Would you actually want to have the season get started and ha- and have races without fans at the, the the circuits, or would you rather wait and maybe have just eight races but have the fans there as well? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I mean, it's been talked about in some sports. I mean, golf has had it with. The Ryder Cup being this September, and they're thinking, thinking of doing it without the fans and the Tour de France as well. Mm. Uh, well actually, no, I think Tour de France has now been completely cancelled, or they're going to move it till later in the year. So, it's it's certainly an option in terms of the all sports account where it's just an option for now. But it, it, the the problem I have is is that it, it some countries will have different laws, won't they? If if they do mm. go ahead with the races, so it's. It's going to be tricky each time for F1, where I think it comes down to what what's the latest in the laws in terms of is social distancing a thing. Mm. Say like if they go to Singapore, I know for for a fact that Singapore's in lockdown at the moment. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, you know if the social distancing is still a thing, then they've got to apply to that. Can they do it without social distancing? Well, not really. Think about the pit stops. They're, they're standing right next to each other, all the all the people around the car. Um, you know, the fact that even football, of Premier League and all that, are thinking of doing it in June, getting the football back, but behind closed doors. But then I'm thinking, great, but if there's a social distancing law, you're not setting you're not setting a good example, yeah. because the players have got to tackle, make contact, and get the ball, etc. So that that where's the social distancing playing to an effect? Yeah. 
and that's my problem because you've got kids, you've got adults and all that who look up to these sports and they're supposed to show a sign as well. F1, you name it. And yeah, if they don't if they have if they somehow get these events up and running again, I'd I'd be what somewhat disappointed because you got to set an example. So, I mean, look, Leclerc he he's, he must be eager to race. He just wants to get back on the track. I mean, it's been such a long time now and it's since an F1 race, you know, it, yeah. it's been since November in other sports. It's only been around the corner since their last event, but F1, we've not actually had a season yet. We've not I, I even kicked it off. So I could understand, but I think it depends. I mean, it, it, it all depends on when the race has come back. What, what, what was the spread like with coronavirus come, come that time as well? Mm. I still think it'll, it won't be until September, at least the F1. Yeah. Um, I can't see it being any earlier. I think because of the fact that you've, they've cancelled the Olympics, which is meant to be due, uh, July and August, all the golf majors, etc. In that period, why would F1 be able to come back at that, in that period? Then that, that that wouldn't make sense to me. So that that's how I see it. Uh, but yeah, the Claire, as I said, just eager to get going. Yeah. Well, I was listening to um, another podcast that was going on, and I think Christian Horner was on it, and he said um, they would be very open um, to try and get the season started at the Austrian Grand Prix in June, and whether it be like an event that wasn't um, with fans in it. But I thought he would say that, and I, that's exactly <laughs> what I said: is that he would say that with it being the Red Bull Ring. Um, <laughs> he'd obviously like to get it going there, even if there's no fans Read attending. The, the sponsors, lines, yeah, the sponsors would be still be huge for them to to have the race there so you know obviously you know i think ross Braun has, has been looking at the idea um you know of doing these races until safety for fans and everyone can be guaranteed that you know we can bring everybody back to to tw- attend races um but yeah in terms of that i think that leclerc went to it into it and going as much as he'd like to do um you know get back into the car as quick as possible like you said uh, you know he said it, it would be a little bit weird because and he used the example of when he won the Italian Grand Prix at Monza last year, the feeling if he won the Italian Grand Prix at Monza this year with no fans would be completely different. And you know, yeah. he said that that was like one of the reasons you know why it was his favourite, not only was because he was driving for Ferrari, but because the fans were so like ecstatic after the win, and, and it just wouldn't be the same if, if that was the case. Um, so, you know, as much as I think we all want, um, you know, fans, uh, we all want the races to go back now, you know, I think, like you said, we'd probably rather wait and just have everything back to normal and then get the season underway. Um, you know, in, in terms of um, Charles Leclerc, just as a heads up, he, you know, he did win his second uh, virtual Grand Prix um, last weekend, Jamie. I know that's that's really interesting for you to know. Okay, so um, Jamie, I know this is this one's going to be definitely for you. Um, it's to do with um, Sergio Perez. Uh, now, actually, um, just a quick oh, question: hello. Is is Sergio Perez um, still your favourite driver on the grid? Yes, probably he because I'm surprised he's been here for that long. <laughs> <laughs> he started in, what, 2011? And this is must be his, what, ninth, tenth season? Yeah. He's done very well for himself, in all fairness to him. He's done really yeah, well. Yeah. I've actually got a stat here where it says he's finished in the top ten every year since 2014. No, fair play. I mean, I, I think he would have had no excuses with some of the cars he had. Hmm. I think the podiums definitely helped him with the Force India cars he's had over the years, but let's not forget in 2012, is that that to me was still his best season. That was in a Sauber, which should never have done that well under Perez and Kobayashi. But with that Ferrari engine, it surprised a few people. 
Yeah, I also think he was um, very much um, hard done by at McLaren as well. I don't think he had a terrible season there as well. But well, was... he he scored more podiums, <laughs> uh, more than McLaren, since he's left McLaren. Uh, so that makes me laugh. That makes me happy. Yeah, although you are a McLaren fan as well. I am, but <laughs> McLaren have been dreadful. Um, I think they're slowly coming back, but the fact that they've been so harsh towards certain drivers now and again it doesn't make any sense to me no. I mean you can go on about Jensen Button because of his name as much as I love Jensen Button then he should have been kicked out at the same time but of course with world championship status he, he he would get a different kind of treatment yeah yeah. Well, the likes of you know Kevin Magnussen and Stoffel Valdon would probably say the same thing as well in terms of um, how Sergio <laughs> Perez was also Valdon was shit well yeah Valdon <laughs> was rubbish I, I will give you that <laughs> um, but just going back to Sergio Perez um, he was quoted this week in saying that um, you know this year they're going to break all records now it instantly got me attached to the, the to the headline um, and it, it was it was although it was more to do with the, the year of cars when they actually get back out on track that they're going to be you know even quicker this year um so all lap records really will look to to be um, broken this year but he was yeah. also confident in terms of the car that they've got this year um we haven't really spoken about it but what do you think of like racing points um either design this year or you know where they're going to fit in terms of you know where they'd stand in the championship i think it's interesting because we're looking into nearly two years this summer since uh, Lawrence Stroll took over hmm. so obviously when you I think for any businessman who buys a, a team or a company they must have some sort of plan before it happens because I, I mean look, they were desperate for Force India at the time they were desperate for a buyer and Lawrence Stroll saved the day yeah. um, any, anything to uh, get his son a birthday present early <laughs> to uh, get him a seat back in F1 um, <laughs> sorry Lance that's an expensive present though it's an expect yes, but for him that's like two p. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for me two p is a lollipop that I found <laughs> under a bush. Uh, so yeah, it's. I think the way I see it is that he, he would have gone in with a plan, and before he bought it, I'm sure they would have looked at other people that were interested and looked and thought, well, have you are you here to just make money from us, or have you actually got an idea of how we can progress? So I would imagine with Lawrence Stroll, it's. They always say, don't they? Give me three years, give me four years, etc., and then we'll we'll be a lot better than we are now. And and maybe that's what they're expecting this year, which is very optimistic. I hope that's correct because, yeah. well, not last year, the year before, because they had to lose all those points midway during that season when they got made into administration. They were doing really well, um, and they climbed up very quickly up to six or something like that in the constructors. Then the following season, it just didn't quite go their way. It was okay. I think the fact that Stroll and Prez were together, I think at the same time they really did miss Esteban Ocon. Hmm. But it was always going to be the way. So it'll be interesting. I mean, Perez is still the most experienced, but he's had moments against Stroll. They seem to get on okay, so that's good. Yeah. But we'll, but, but we'll see. I think Prez... Has Perez is Perez one of those dark horse drivers again? Where I mean, look, he seems really confident with what he's been saying. The quotes that you've just mentioned, Jack, and yeah. for him, he's getting to a point in his career where he won't have many years left if he continues being just a mid-table driver. You look at Nico Hulkenberg. You know, as much as everyone loves him, he's gone. Yeah. Um, despite his best efforts, and I wouldn't be surprised if Perez might look at that as an example and think, right, I've 
I've got one last shot at this. Not not just this season, but his contract's what for another two, three years. Hmm. That that to me could be his last. And maybe he just really wants to achieve, go high, and maybe have one last shot at proving at, proving to a big team. Hey, look, I'm here. I could make a difference. And I still think the guy's on a mission to prove McLaren that they were wrong. Yeah, I think he's been doing that since they, you know, they decided to get rid of him. And I think the performances he's put in, um, you know, for that team, you know, whether they be a mid-table team or not, he's always consistent. I mean, like the stat here that he's always finished in the top ten um, every year since 2014. You know, he, he has had five podiums with um, the team, uh, you know, at Force India. You know, so it, it's not like I think sometimes, like you said, I think people are overlook Sergio Perez, you know, as a driver on the grid. And I think, um, you know, as, also as much as you said, you know, the two of him of Perez and Stroll get along I think if you're Sergio Perez you don't really want to annoy um, the son <laughs> of the owner um, <laughs> because I don't think that that would go very well in, in terms of that but you know, for the car they have this year I mean everybody was talking about it in testing that you know similar parts look like the Mercedes of last year but they weren't in like they weren't wrong for doing that you know other teams could have done the same thing and to be fair they, it looked really quick um, and, and, and no wonder Sergio Perez was confident about it I mean once the season does get going do you think that they will be challenging for more podiums this year than they were last? I think yes as as I mentioned before the whole time lapse where they have they are now they must be at a point where they they know what their team is capable of again I think yeah. the, 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 the the team I think really the last season was all about let's just keep this team together um, no more financial problems no more looking over our shoulders wondering if our job's going to go mm. um because at this moment in time, Lawrence Stroll is there to make sure it was worth the investment. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, it's easy to say he's a rich guy, he'd be alright if everything went fuck up, basically. You know, he'd be fine out of all of this. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's that. I think he's it's people like him who are determined to put their name in history, actually, uh, to, to lead a team from basically in the dumps to the top. Yeah. He's also I don't adding think Aston- to the top. Oh, he's also adding Aston Martin to the name as well, isn't he? So, well, that's it, and 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 I think with his wealth, his experience, and what they've got in terms of potential, you know, at some point they might leave Mercedes and try and work with Aston Martin. I'm not sure, but I, I don't see why they can't go for it. I think they'll want to compete against Renault because I think Renault have been disappointing. Yeah, uh, Renault, I think, are their main rivals. I don't know about McLaren. McLaren look like they are get, as I said before, they look like they're coming back. And I think their aims to be at least in the top four. Mm. And as you say, Jack, you know there could only be eight races, so that makes all the teams more in the in the championship because yeah. it's only a short period to just stay to just be consistent for a bit. When you have a long season, you always have you. Just, it's like a it's like a bar chart. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. In eight races, it could just go up and it just stays there. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's this is why I think F1 this year could still be very interesting. And I really do hope it's just the eight races. I know you could look at me and think, no, Jamie, I want 20 million races in one year. But I'll be like, no, it's boring after five. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to see just the eight races. So I I really do hope Racing Point uh, are up there again. But as I said, Renault are a problem. Mm. They don't look like they're, co- they're convinced right now. And they've got two very good drivers to keep happy yeah. this year. 
Esteban Ocon, he, I, I think he's still looking at that Mercedes seat. Um, I think he still texts Toto Wolf every night. Toto Wolf will probably right now be sending him a WhatsApp voice message, him telling him the story of King Arthur from a bed bedtime story to put him to sleep, and then uh, you know it is his baby. Uh, <laughs> so we will see what will happen. But I still think there's two drivers there that, as you well, you're going to come up with a rumor in a minute, but mm. it links to Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, I mean, in, just in terms of actual Renault, I mean, go, to go back on um, your um, point of, of eight races, can you imagine if, like, Mercedes had issues for a couple of races or a couple of retirements? Like, the first three races, like, a big team has issues. Then instantly, they're going to really struggle to get points back up for, the, for the, like, the remaining four races or whatever it is. I mean, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you know, not to oh, yeah. sound bad or anything, um, but, you know, to, to, for, like, some of the top teams to maybe have a few issues in that eight-race calendar... You could see the whole like calendar for of or like the whole standings for the year after could be crazy. Like the grid order and everything would be would be mental. So yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm a fan of like the less races this season, the better, and, and just see what happens in terms of that. Um, but just bringing it to back to Renault, I mean, you just wanted to mention Renault quickly. They had when they joined back, they had what they called like a five year plan. And they kept going on about it, and every question would be when they've had a poor race, was okay, we have a five year plan, we have this, we have that. <laughs> How many years are we into that five year plan now? And and where do we think six. we are? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've read that it was six. Um, yeah. but it just goes up every six. year. Yeah, it keeps going up. Um, <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, Renault have. I mean, realistically, are they what? Third, fourth year in, I'd say? Hmm. Um. It's driven Nico Hulkenberg out, mainly because of Ocon coming in. Yeah. Uh, well, they it's... have had a few drivers, haven't they? Kevin Magnussen, um, Jolian Palmer. Um, you know, well, ju- that says it all, doesn't it? it just, like, <laughs> it, you know, they have had like a, a changeover of drivers throughout the year. They've obviously paid a lot for, for Daniel Ricciardo now, as well as obviously bringing in a French driver of, of Esteban Ocon, like French yeah. team, French French um, you know driver. But in terms of that, in terms of going into the the whole French debate, you know, the the team is sort of part owned by the go- well, I don't say the government, but like the the taxpayer in France. Um, you know, mm. It is part owned by the state in that sense. How much pressure are Renault on in terms of the other teams? Like the other teams don't have that like a pressure as much as they do. And, and you know we keep mentioning this like five year plan or whatever it is. But at some point, it, it must come to a point when the bosses at Renault are thinking, is this worth it? I think you look at some of the other teams where they don't have a history, mm. so the pressure's not really there. Investment, yes, that could create pressure. But that that's a no guarantee. But yet again, in investment in any in any project can just go down the tube. Basically, with Renault, they've got history in in F1 where we we both know it. You know what I'm going to say: 2005 mm. and 2006. Mm. Okay, Fernando Alonso being the main picture there, but they still did it as a team. Yeah, and they had Fisichella there as well. So. And then what happens? Alonso comes back a couple of years later. He wins a few races before he leaves the team again. It, they can do it, you know. Renault, even in 2010, they had Petrov and Kubica, two very underrated drivers who actually took part in the championship for a few of the races. Come the end of the season, and they did it in the final race. Hmm. They played a part of determining determining who was going to win it. Yeah. And they even stopped their old 
man of Fernando Alonso. <laughs> no thanks to uh, Mr. Petrov, who ended up frustrating Alonso at the end of the race, and then Petrov said it's racing. <laughs> that's why I didn't let you through. Um, so I think that's why the pressure's there, because not only, as you say, the, the backing pretty much by a nation, but that they've done it in the past. And it's like it's like in any sport. If you haven't won it in a while, it starts to, you start to create doubts and that negativity hits the team and then it's like are we ever going to do it again because it's not happening we're miles behind everyone else and I think that's what's happening with Renault mm. I don't think they've got the right boss personally I don't think the team principal's the right man I just don't feel like he's I don't think he takes responsibility when, when they're when they're in a mess if that makes sense Yeah. I, I don't really hear much answers I hear just more talking about a different subject I'm thinking we didn't ask you that um, so he's like a politician he's like exactly just well just after re- after watching today's brief it felt like that um, <laughs> if it's been like that every day and but yet again you got the Labour government questioning our government and you're thinking I've got to meet you fucking do it it's a waste of time isn't it yeah. <laughs> it's a waste of time it really is so look, we'll see what happens it, it's I, I, I think I, I don't know what to think really Ricardo's in his second season do you no, think he I'm, was? Do you think Ricardo was? I know he expected it to be not as bad, uh, not as good as obviously playing uh, being in, at Red Bull and the performance there. But do you think he was shocked in terms of how bad it was? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, it felt like after the midway point of last season, in some of the press conferences you saw him at, it just felt like he was done. You know, like uh, this season's done for me. <laughs> I'm just I I'll turn up in my cars. Do the bit. Do about ten laps, and then it'll break Do down. About, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was there? I, I might be completely wrong here. I think this is just my brain tricking me. But was there ever a moment last season when Daniel Ricciardo even said, "This is it"? Or I don't know. I can't. I, I'm thinking probably too much here. But I just feel like there was a moment where Ricciardo even admitted and said, "We're not competing in the races." So what's going to happen I think he said think, something like that I don't know whether it was at like Mexico yeah. or the US Grand Prix or something but I it, wondered it, if it was a team radio I think it, I, I'm just wondering if it was a team radio where he was at the very back and it was like what's the point <laughs> I'm out I can't remember but I, I think for Ricardo, I mean I would compare him to like when Hamilton moved to Mercedes created a big shock loyalty clearly went out the window out of nowhere and everyone was wondering why on earth did Hamilton make that move. Hmm. In his first season, he actually did win a race in in Hungary in 2013. But they weren't anywhere near the race pace with that car. But this time, I wonder if, you know, Ricardo's got to be given time anyway. He's, he's used to a new team, new people around him, new group and everything. Yeah. So I think the first year was always going to be tricky. If he did really well, then that would have been the car's help as well. So I think... I don't think there's much concerns. I, I know there's going to be rumours of him going back to Red Bull, but I don't think Ricardo's even looking at that until the end of the season. But, you know, this car could be a godsend. It might win one or two races. We don't know. Hmm. If it did, then Ricardo would think, eh, something special's happening here. I think I might stay. Yeah. Well, I think, I think to be fair, the um, sort of um, team livery that they had for F1 winter testing would have added an extra 10 brake horsepower, but they decided to go back <laughs> to the old um, setup of yellow and black when they unveiled it in Australia, and it just looked exactly the same as last year. And it was like, why didn't you just keep the testing one? It was so much better. It was like, 
just just keep that one. I don't know if you saw pictures of it, but it was like it was more black and it had a little bit of yellow, like a yellow tint on it, and it was so much better looking than the car that they already unveiled. I know they said it was that the, the testing design. It was like that one for Red Bull a couple of years ago. Do you remember that one? It was so much. You know, so much better. Oh god, yeah. And we said if it was when we did that, um, we did a um, top was it top five or top ten in terms of best liveries, and we said uh, if that had stayed on, it would have been like number one. Um, but obviously they didn't. They kept it as the normal, and it was probably down at eighth place or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> uh, so you know, we'll just move on from Renault. Obviously, when the season gets started, you know, we'll see where they are. But you know, I think, like you said, a lot of pressure is on the team this year. And, and you know, you mentioned um, Cyril, um, Cyril Abitbull, and obviously, you know, the, the pressure will be mounting on him as well because I think he's had is it three or four years in charge of the team in terms of being team principal. He's, I think so. Yeah. So I think obviously that the pressure will be on him. But we'll now go on to a lighter note um, and obviously that would be the, the driver market now obviously the season hasn't even started we already know that normally the driver contracts talk is normally about the summer break but obviously we're not going to get a summer break this year we might not even get any races before the summer a hectic year that we're having in terms of what's going on um, but um, there was a newspaper article the other day from <coughs> the sun um, and oh. um, God, you went into that. <laughs> ah, yeah, well, I only went into it because Lewis Hamilton decided to go into it as well, um, oh where they posted an article um, that um, said that um, Lewis Hamilton's dreams of his move to Ferrari may be quashed um, because Vettel is already having contract talks with the team for 2021. Um, and Lewis Hamilton actually um, looked at this post and said... Um, you know, I, why am I even you know interested? Why is this a story? I've never said anything about it. And he actually put in you know, like in quotes, "I'm already with my dream team." Um, so he ultimately shot down the sort of rumours that he wants to join Ferrari. Um, insists he's not trying to make a move away. Um, and he's, the, the full sort of quote was, um, first off, no dream of a dash to another um, manufacturer." Um, I'm with my dream team. Second, there is nothing in my way um, as I am not trying to move. Um, I'm with people who have cared since day one. We are the best team. Um, That was obviously the response he put to the article. Um, But just in terms of that, I mean, obviously we were talking about Vettel and, and what his future was last week. But with Lewis Hamilton insisting in these quotes, putting "We are the best team" and "I'm with my dream team," does that ultimately mean that he's just moments away from signing a new deal with Mercedes? I think so. I mean, I want to know what his hunger is. I imagine it is to break Michael Schumacher's record, yeah, and you know to carry on creating that legacy. But let's be honest: every time we see Hamilton at the moment, he's the happiest driver on the track. And why would you leave? Mm. You, you, you've got the best team around you. It's in a weird way. It reminds me of Team Sky with the Tour de France and all that. It, back in 2012, they had the best team you could have dreamt mm. uh, with the right riders, the right management, and it, with uh, Dave Brailsford and all that. And none of the none of the Brits wanted to leave that team because it was a British team and they were winning everything. Yeah. Um, it's only you only expect the press to start bringing in stories about their future because. It, it it creates readership, and that's what I'm seeing here from the Sun. A typical <laughs> newspaper like the Sun would do that. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I think you know he'll do the rest of his contract and then see how he feels. Like, at the end of the day, there's no pressure on him. If if he didn't rejoin Mercedes, he'll get a seat somewhere else. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
I still think he wants to drive for Ferrari at some point, but I don't think he would do it while he's trying, while he's at the right team, because mm. it's too much of a risk, and I don't think he'd want that as a regret looking back at his career. Well, he's already made one risk, didn't he? He made one risk, and I think he knew a lot more than we did when that yeah. when that move happened. Okay, it could have been the money, but he, what, he said he wanted a fresh change as well, so... Uh, sometimes one big move like that is enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, he doesn't need to do it again. It's all about legacy for me with Lewis Hamilton. It really is. And I think that's all he's got to be careful about. He just needs one more championship out of him at least. That's all he needs. To, to just join that seven world championship club where there's only one member at the moment of Michael Schumacher. Uh, keep fighting, Michael. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he will, he, he would love to be in that club. Yeah, I mean that would. I think that would be. I mean, it might get to the point where he gets there and then says, you know, Ferrari, if you want me, you know, <laughs> I've hit the record. You know, I've got nothing else to sort of achieve for. If, if Ferrari want to come calling, then that's, you know, yeah. That's... I mean, it's. I, I think as well, you know, Ferrari was his childhood team, and that's why I keep thinking he will go there. Hmm. But then at some at times like this, I mean, you, you've just read the quotes from Lewis Hamilton. You know that, that he's been with people since day one. Why would he leave them? I feel like if he left Ferrari, if sorry, if he left Mercedes for Ferrari, to I don't know, try and win his eighth World Championship, if that does happen next year or the year after, then that to me, I think Lewis Hamilton would feel like shit inside in a way. Yeah. You know, it, it's going against your old team, and it's like we sh- you you helped me achieve the glory, and then it's like you've just dumped them out of the car and put someone else in it. If that makes sense. Mm. So that's how I see it. So I don't think he would ever leave Mercedes while they're a good team anyway. Mm. And I think he would wa- rather break these records while at Mercedes because it would be a real kick in Ferrari's butt, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I honestly think he'll stay. I don't I don't see the reason not to. And I think both him and um, Toto Wolff are sensible enough to sort of um, create a deal that's beneficial for both parties. I think, you know, we already know how good Toto Wolff is at managing... Um, you know, sort of drivers yeah. and, and, and business and things. So he's just made an inv- no, no. He's just made an investment, hasn't he? In um, Aston Martin. Aston Martin. So yeah. that's interesting because, <laughs> I mean, he probably has plenty of money. <laughs> let's be honest to to make that risk, but he must clearly see uh, something convincing going on there. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, that leads to maybe Lawrence Stroll as well, and and how good he is maybe as a businessman as well. Um, yeah. So sort that of both parties there working together. But just, I know we talked Sergio, about Sergio Sergio Perez, world champion, twenty twenty two. There you uh, go. It's already in the headlines. Jamie's, it's in the headlines. Jamie's writing if it already. I, if I get this right, you owe me not one but two points. <laughs> oh, for sure, I'll owe you um, twenty two. If it's twenty twenty two, I'll owe you twenty two points. I'm not, I, I'm not an alcoholic, Jack. That was in the past. <laughs> All right, I'll drink half then. <laughs> uh, but just quickly in terms of I know we spoke about Vettel last um, week but obviously with this being a news story about him with a deal with Ferrari just in terms of the question of do you think Ferrari should wait before the season starts to sign a new deal with Vettel to see where he is in terms of his level You know, would it be a good idea to sign him up before the season starts I know obviously the confidence and sort of the, the relief of getting a deal out of the way would be fine but do you not think they should wait and see like where Vettel is in terms of his mindset well so so i might miss that is this his last season on the contract yeah um (laughs) it's a good question uh it's it's easier to risk it and and go down that route of no contract yet Mm. but i think 
I mean, look, I think mindset for me when it comes to situations like this. If it was me, I wouldn't because I want to see if you fight for it. Mm. Prove prove to the team that you're worth another contract because the contract will be big. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Um, he's not he's not he's not cheap. He's like 30, <laughs> 40 million quid a year just just for Ferrari alone. Um, and Hamilton's even higher. So, but I think at some point Vettel will take pay cuts. He's not he's not proving to be the driver he used to be in terms of value. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting one. I. It's 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 something that'll hover over Ferrari throughout the season if they don't get it sorted. Yeah. And then they'll have the media asking them every race. Let's be honest, they'll be asked all the time. Um, and the the team principal will will just say the usual stuff of. We're, we're working on it and then Eddie Jordan will probably say we've seen the contract side just tell us <laughs> I've got um, it in my briefcase I already know yeah yeah <laughs> I signed it for you um, I sold you my old engines uh, so yeah it'll be it, I, I'm not sure I really don't know the, the, the pressure's on Vettel mm. but uh, look I've, I've watched in the past where MotoGP, for any of you MotoGP fans out there, we all remember the name of Danny Pedrosa. Could have been such a better rider in, in MotoGP. What happened? Valentino Rossi was there. He was just too good at the time. He was dominant. He won everything. He won nine world championships during his during Pedrosa's era. Pedrosa won a world championship, but that was it. He, he, he only won it the once. And then he was always at the big teams, but he was always the second fiddle. Hmm. Mark Marquez came in, he's the second fiddle. Yogo Lorenzo's around, he's the second fiddle. You name it. It's just the way Danny Petroza was. I'm starting to think that that could be Vettel's career where it's not a bad thing. I mean, look, at the end of the day, the guy likes racing. He, there's no, he's, he's been saying it recently. He misses it. Yeah. Um, even though he's at home with his kids, which last year, I thought it was him missing the kids. Now yeah. it's him missing. You can't balance it. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's funny. It's really funny how you see it. So... For me, I, I think I think that's how I could see it for Vettel. The experience is there. He knows exactly what to do in a car. He's won world championships. If I was Vettel right now, Jack, and I said, right, what if I, what if I said, today's it, this is it, I, I leave F1. Hmm. Has it been a bad career? No. no. People could remember and say he couldn't conquer against Hamilton. Actually, he did. 2010 to 2013. Hamilton was in a McLaren. He was in a decent car in 2012. But Vettel came out on top. Yeah. He came out on top of Hamilton. He came out on top of Alonso, who was even closer to Vettel in that championship. 2010, he won it in the final race. Yeah. And he, he never led the championship till the final day. Incredible. And he did it at the youngest, the youngest ever world champion to this day. Ten years on is Sebastian Vettel. That's how I see Vettel. I, I think we've I've probably criticised him a lot in the past. I hate myself sometimes when I criticise people because <laughs> I'm just sitting here. One day I'll have a beer belly and I'll prove you that I've not done much sporting <laughs> stuff in my life. That's just the way I am. Um, but yeah, I, I I just think Ferrari should be careful. I think they should try and get that steady team where they want the other driver to support the other. And at the moment, their relationship seems good, Leclerc and Vettel. And Vettel thinks a lot of him, I think. 
Yeah, I think he obviously knows the talent that that Charles Leclerc has, and and obviously I think you know they will probably work something out. I think I think Bottas said last year when they were talking about his contract situation, and obviously Bottas is on a, a rolling contract, but he said that his deal didn't get sorted out until um, the summer break in August, I think, and he just said it sort of impacted on the first half of his season, where all he was thinking about was a little mistake could sort of mess you over in terms of whether the team would sign you back up again. And he sort of said that the relief after they signed that deal was so much better and he sort of got into the races a lot stronger um, so maybe Ferrari are looking at that and thinking you know maybe it's better if we just get the deal done now and, and just say to Vettel just go out there and you know obviously do your best but in terms of the the people that are signed like out of contract at the end of this year we have Sebastian Vettel, uh, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas and Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> all of them are still out of contract. <laughs> Oh, they are literally the transfer talking points for this year, aren't they? <laughs> it, it, it is huge. And obviously, we are going to go on to Daniel Ricciardo now, because like you said earlier, it was an article. Um, he was asked about you know his feelings towards the sort of the moves in, in F1 this year. And obviously, like I said earlier, it normally goes to like the summer break, but we won't have a summer break this year. You know that that's obviously not going to be happening. Um, but he admits he wouldn't rule out a Red Bull return um, as he looks at his 2021 options. Uh, obviously, won seven races with the the Milton Keynes uh, base team, 30 podiums and three pole positions. Um, he was quoted to say he wouldn't um, rule out a return. Um, in, or he said, "Would uh, somebody?" He said, "You know, somebody obviously asked him a question. He said, would I rule out a return?' I guess to answer it, no." Um, never say never and never disregard something um, you know but you also said having um, chats right now is a bit weird because we haven't had any races um, you know we're all at a stalemate you know all the drivers are so nothing's really happened so he said it'd be a bit weird to sort of go into contract talks now um, but obviously he just said there never say never and never disregard something I mean the question really is Jamie would Red Bull even offer a Daniel Ricciardo a seat back considering the way he left Red uh, Red Bull I mean I wouldn't say it was bad the way he left it but he just sort of sort of went to their deal no and just sort of joined Renault um, yeah. you know would if you know would Red Bull even consider having Ricciardo back or uh, I'm, I'm, look I think Christian Horner is a, is a decent bloke I, I think he would <laughs> he's, he's the same as probably Ricciardo never say never and don't disregard anything so mm. I don't see why not. I, but look, it could be that. It could be that nice feeling for Red Bull that if he wants to go back there, they could play the, they could play it in control and go. Don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we've got we've got the we've got Verstappen. We've got Albon. Why should we Why should we get rid of them? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Ricardo could easily be though if Verstappen ever did leave Red Bull. But I think we've come to an agreement, Jack, that we don't expect them to leave anytime soon. So that seats. Sean anywhere. Yeah. Albon, I think he's doing very well. I think he's he's only been there for a few races, let's not forget. Feels like he's been there for ages though. Yeah. Um, well that summer break was so long was ago, wasn't it? <laughs> it was it was, it really was. And um, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get our summer break, are we, this summer? We're gonna no. be indoors. Uh, which is depressing. Um so yeah, I, I, I think with Ricardo he's he's he did this last time when he was at Red Bull. He played the game, I remember, like he was saying he was always saying, Oh, this there might be something else out there for me. Um, he did that for a while, I remember, when he was in interviews and hmm. uh, press conferences, you name it. And it did always feel like there was something weird here, but it always felt like he's going to stay. He hasn't said anything. He's just playing around. He just wants more money, maybe. He'll stay. He's at a good team. And then out of nowhere, 
he does that uh, Instagram post to say, I'm leaving, going to Renault. And we were literally like, what the fuck? I, I, what, what, what were we doing? Because me and you text each other, like, we were like, what the it hell? The, yeah, it was in the, it was in a, it was during the summer break. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I honestly thought it was a clickbait. <laughs> it was a joke. I just thought, I thought it was a late April Fool's, even though this was like August time. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't believe what I saw. Um, and I think Christian Horner the, the week before was like, "Yeah, yeah, he's he's almost close to signing." <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't remember if Horner knew before he announced it." No, I think he found. Well, I, I think he, he may have got. I think he may have got like a. Uh, I think Daniel Ricciardo called him or his agent called him, but he hardly knew before the deal was already signed with Renault. Um, yeah. I think the deal was already done before they called him and said, "We you know we're we're leaving." That's what normally happens, though, these days. I think in any sport, whenever someone moves somewhere, they don't really tell the other... The, the other. It, 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 I always compare it to us lot. If we went for another job, I'll say this now, I wouldn't tell my employer until I know for sure if I got it. No, There's yeah. no point, you know what I mean? So that's how it could have been seen with that, where Ricardo just thought, look, I don't know if I'm even leaving yet. There's no point burning bridges with someone I'm with who might who I might still need if it doesn't work out. <laughs> it doesn't out. go so, through, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It can happen. So it's an interest it's an interesting one come the end of the year. I don't think Ricardo will go back yet. I'm not I'm not disregarding it. I think he could go back sometime. Mm. But Red Bull have a history of never bringing them back. So they have they have an academy program. And while Christian Horner is there and especially Dr. Helmut Marco I can't see them bringing anyone back. Mm. But I said that about Vettel last week, so as always, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am mean, Claudio Ranieri. In, <laughs> in terms of that, though, Jamie, I'll ask a question to you. If you were Christian Horner and you had the option of Vettel and Ricardo, who would you choose? Who's cheaper? <laughs> <laughs> proper so proper Eddie idea. Jordan uh, well, question. I want, I want, <laughs> well, I want my bonuses at the end of the year. <laughs> if we let Vettel in, then I don't get bonuses for 10 years. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it, it, it really does come down to finance for me. Mm. I'd, I'd have Ricardo back. I don't think Verstappen and Vettel would work out. Do you not think, even though you think Vettel would might play more of a second role? Nah, I don't. Nah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think, I think Vettel will look at Verstappen like it's him when he was at Red Bull, young. Uh, Vettel turns into the Mark no, Webber. Yeah, and he would not want to go down that route. Um, <laughs> so it would feel like Max Verstappen is playing Vettel's game, um, and Vettel. Back then, we had no emotions. He he just got on with it. And yeah. I'm not. I, I love Verstappen. I'm not saying he's got no emotions, but he clearly doesn't care about his competitors that much, really, in terms of when it comes to the races. He, he's doing it for himself. Nobody else. That's and you it. you always think the team is um, on his every like need, don't you? You think yeah, like, if Verstappen it, ever needs anything, they're there immediately. Whereas I think if Alex Albon asks for something, they'd be like, "Just give me a second. We'll look into it for you." <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I tell you what, get him a used Burger King. He can have the classic chicken royale. Yeah, uh, second hand, mate. Second hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Vettel would be like, oh, so this is what Mark Webber had to put up with. God, I was a shit teammate. <laughs> it's, it's funny as well because, like, you know, a lot, Alonso in the past with Renault, etc., he was God. Um, hmm. Michael Schumacher at Ferrari. It was, it was no doubt the driver's input. Um, Lewis Hamilton right now in Mercedes, I think it was. I remember watching a video the other day where they had a double stack P3 
pit stop, which was absolutely incredible. That that to me just showed why Mercedes were the best team. Yeah, they just just had everything spot on. It was the Chinese Grand Prix. Hamilton does a team radio before it. They say box, 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 and then he's 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 already given them that that tone of voice to the team. That like, this doesn't work, I'm having words after this. <laughs> um, and he says this better. This he didn't say those words, but he pretty much said this better work. Yeah, and Bottas did it as well. But it wasn't as it was like. Look, I can. If it doesn't work, I don't give a shit about Bart. <laughs> I'm not scared of him. <laughs> I'll take his shit, but not Hamilton's. <laughs> I don't care. One day, about one him. day, one day, Lewis Hamilton will go. Uh, do you know that what that means? Six. That means six world championships and non-vim. Six. Respect, man. Respect. Sorry, that's a Emilio reference. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you doing the fingers as well in terms of yeah, what you do at the yeah. press conference. <laughs> um, you saw me right now in the same room. <laughs> yeah, of course we are. Of course we are. Of course we are. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. Now, one final question for you, Jamie. I've obviously written down the four drivers that I said were out of contract. If you had um, Davis Formula One team um, <laughs> and you had a choice between Vettel, Hamilton, Bottas, and Ricardo, and you had to pick two for your team, who would you choose at this moment? I think you uh, you forgot to say dazzling Davis team. Uh, oh, double D, the, the, double double denim, <laughs> double, <laughs> double Davis, <laughs> uh, double Davis because we have two cars. Um, I think D one and D two. D two. I'd call car one Jamie and car two Davis. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, who would I sign? Uh, Valtteri. Would you? That's interesting. Oh, actually, no. He makes mistakes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about who would cause the most riot and not get on with the other driver, because that's not what you want. Mm. Uh, who is it? It's Bottas, v- uh, Ricardo, Vettel, 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 Hamilton, Bottas, Hamilton. Ricardo. Yeah. Definitely not Vettel, Hamilton. That would never happen. <laughs> um, never in a lifetime not until this pandemic's over anyway can you imagine um, them fighting for like the, the, the championship Jesus oh Jesus it, well I know that they would have cuts and bruises from the fights before the race so it would, <laughs> it would be quite nasty I'd have to buy some security guards so you, you know I've got to think about that investment haven't I with I'll do team. it uh, alright good luck <laughs> <laughs> cheers you stay with Vettel I'll stay with Hamilton <laughs> alright I think Hamilton would be worse <laughs> uh, yeah exactly that's why I gave you him <laughs> oh no you gave me Vettel didn't you oh, oh shit I'm the, I'm the leader here come on <laughs> respect man respect <laughs> um, oh who would I oh this is a tricky one. Oh, you know what you know what I would have Ricardo. right um, oh, just on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clone him. Yeah. Um, oh no! Wait, Bottas and Ricardo Vettel. See, I want to go with Hamilton Ricardo, but I'm not a hundred percent. See, I think I was just about to say the same. I think that I would do the same. I think we've. I think Ricardo can accept it more than other drivers. If if Hamilton would be my number one, mm. Bottas. Okay, he's proven to be number two. But he makes mistakes. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go with Hamilton Ricardo. Interesting. No, interesting. I like that. I also think Vettel Bottas would be an interesting partnership as well. I think we've created a good two, two teams there. <laughs> uh, actually, it would be a very good team. I think it would work. It would work. Actually. Do you want to have? Um, do you want to do like a, a Red Bull um, Alpha Tauri situation where you can have the, the team of Hamilton and Ricardo, and I'll have the second team of Vettel and Bottas? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll be team principals. We can dodge all the questions in the paddock. So is your your team is uh, price? What is your team going to be? The price is price right. Race. The price is right. So you're the secondary team. Yeah. Uh, and every time I do a deal with you, you say the price is right. He's right. <laughs> He's right. You're best just gonna steal ever. all my dress best drivers. Is how you're going to yeah. work. I'll, I'll give you a few chocolate buttons. All right. If you give me a packet, we're we're done. Don't know. It's too rich for my butt. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I can see how the deals are gonna go with you. There's a, there's a there's a pandemic, Jack. We've got to make savings. <laughs> I don't want to be in the deal room with you. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> all right then so that's settled then i think both of us will go with with hamilton and uh ricardo i think that's a good partnership actually i think um, that would be good to good to see not like we're dissing valtteri bottas or sebastian vettel in any way but you know there's four drivers here and we, <laughs> you know we had to pick the two of them um jamie um thank you very much i know what actually before we finish this um i did say in the last podcast that i wanted us to pick the best eight races from the calendar um and i actually haven't done oh. that no, I haven't. Even, I completely forgot. I'll admit that I haven't done that. I just thought about it when I was doing the notes. Um, so in the next podcast we do, we will do that. Um, you know, I, I can guarantee. Even if we just put them off the top of our head, um, you know, we will do that um, side of the segment. Um, but um, yeah, so Jamie, we will do that next time. But um, thank you very much for being on on the podcast today, and um, I obviously uh, look forward to getting some new stories for for the next one, and obviously finishing that uh, what we think the race calendar would be um, for this year. But um, yeah, Jamie, thank you very much for being on the show. <laughs>